y'all. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. Y'all, I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, and I realize that I say that every week, but I really do mean it every single week. Danielle Crawford is a kindergarten teacher and a proud police wife to her saint of a husband, Joel. As an ambivertent empath, she's blogging her journey through infertility at Pearls and Grace, which is not only therapeutic for her, but has become a beacon of hope for women also navigating infertility in their life. Her heart behind the blog is for people to know and see God's glory through her unshakable faith and the miracle he will one day perform. For them to know that he is a good, good father, even when life doesn't feel good, and to provide an ear and shoulder for those women who feel alone in their struggles. She shares so much wisdom during our interview, and I cannot wait for both women who are walking through infertility and people who are walking with someone through infertility to feel encouraged and equipped from this episode. It is so good, y'all. Danielle, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. I just introduced you, but tell us a little bit in your own words. Okay. Um, like you said, I do teach kindergarten um, in South Louisiana, and I have 22 students that I love to death. Mm-hmm. And um, I am married to the best husband in the whole entire world, um, Joel, and he's a police officer, so I'm a super proud cop wife. And we're just, you know, living the living the life mm-hmm. for right now. We're kid free, so we're going to bed by 7:30. <laughs> we go to bed by 7:30, and we have kids, so you know, <laughs> sometimes things don't change that much. <laughs> or you're just everybody it's a different you know, kind of you, exhausted, right? And they tell you catch up on your sleep before the kids come. Yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> um, so the the title of your episode is for when you have to wait. Uh, you have been super open and vulnerable about, about you and your husband's walk through infertility. So I wanted to just give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about your journey, how long it's been, the steps that you've taken, just kind of the, the basics of where you've come from and where you are now. Sure. Okay. Well, it's been um, three and a half years total. It'll be four years in April that we've been trying for a baby. Um, the first year we didn't do much and we didn't stress out too much because we knew that normal couples with no issues usually take up to about a year. So we really weren't worried. Um, and then after a year we, we figured, okay, maybe we should just see a doctor, make sure there's nothing going on that we need to address. And when we went to our first doctor's appointment, he immediately wanted to put us on Clomid. Mm. While we were like totally taken back by his eagerness to put us on meds and we're more natural minded anyway. So I was kind of turned off by that. So I said, okay, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to try a couple natural approaches before we, um, you know, do that. So we did, well, I did, um, (laughs) diet changes. I cut out everything. Mm -hmm. I did supplements and essential oils and all that. And 
by a year and a half, it was starting to get frustrating. Mm -hmm. So um, a good friend of mine suggested that we visit the Gianna Center, which is a nonprofit organization. It's um, nationally known. And they're more natural minded. They do NAPRO technology and they teach you how to track your cycles naturally through mm-hmm. using the Creighton model. Mm-hmm. So we did that for a while, um, probably another year. Mm-hmm. And um, we ended up doing a laparoscopic procedure to see if I had endometriosis, which I did, mm-hmm. had that removed. And then, um, and then we were told, you know, right after you get it removed, you usually get pregnant. Mm. And so <laughs> I was like, the next couple months, of course, I'm like, this is it. We're going to get pregnant. And then another year goes by. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, I was at this point in my journey where I thought, Lord, do I wait for you or do I go ahead and do fertility treatment? Mm-hmm. And I was so conflicted with myself because I kept feeling like I kept hearing him say, no, just wait, just wait, just wait. And, um, and then on the other hand, I'm thinking, God, you created these doctors, you created right. this science, you know, cause I had this feeling that if I use science to bring about a kid, um, that I wasn't trusting God, mm-hmm. which is, it, you know, it's a real fear. Absolutely. And, um, I think God brought me to the lowest point of my journey one night and I couldn't get a grip after I started my period one night. I could not get control. And I finally said, I'm, I'm done. I can't, I, you know, I want to take the next step. And I truly feel like he brought me to my knees that night to say, you need a little bit of help. And (sighs) this is what I want you to call the doctor. I want you to start, um, the treatment. So we did start treatment three months ago and we, we did um, three cycles on pills, which we had done before, but this time we were monitored and we ended up doing one IUI and it did fail, but um, we are going to start the rounds of injectable medicine in January. So we're oh, still okay. on the path. Yeah, we're still on the path. We have a, a long way to go, but um, that's where we are now. And we're just believing for science and God to work together. And- right. And, and it's it, interesting that you say that because you and I have had conversations in the past about struggling with anxiety and depression and stuff like that. And I think that that's something that kind of crosses over there. I can remember in my journey with with anxiety being like, God is enough. God is enough. I don't need medicine. And oh my God, I needed medicine so bad. Right, right. You know, and so, but it is as a believer in 2018, it can be difficult to marry the two. You know, and like you said, exactly what you said about, God, I know you created this science. I know you gifted these doctors. You are the one that is giving them this knowledge. When do you want me to walk into it? When do you want me to step into it? And you've been super, just so open and vulnerable about y'all's walk, especially recently. I feel like you've been kind of like ramping up with that, that vulnerability and being somebody who hasn't ever struggled with infertility. And I mean, you and I have talked about it. Jeremy looks at me wrong and I get pregnant. And that's just, (laughs) that's just like where it falls for us. But it's challenging to me watching you be vulnerable about it. And I love that you have straddled this line between vulnerability and challenging, that you're sharing the highs and the lows then also being like, if I'm going to say God is good, then I have to believe it. Even exactly. when maybe it doesn't feel like it. Exactly. So what kind of walked you? I know that y'all have been walking through this for three and a half years. And I feel like you the 
being really open and blogging about it and sharing about it on social media really kind of started in the last year or so. But how did you kind of get to that place of choosing vulnerability with your infertility? Because I know that's really hard. I mean, you like so many women walk through infertility in silence and alone. Well, I think that was one of the things that got me sharing about it. Um, You know, the first year I didn't tell anybody because we wanted to have that announcement, that super special, you know, mom and dad, you're going to be grandparents kind of announcement. And we kept it to ourselves for the first year. And then I remember after one year and our first doctor's appointment thinking, I need the support and the prayer from my parents and from Mm -hmm. his parents. And we called them. I was sobbing one night and told them we're trying, you know, we've been trying for the past year. I'm so, I felt so guilty. I'm so sorry. I haven't been able to give Mm -hmm. you a grandchild yet, you know? And, um, it was really, really difficult. And then, so that was my first step in sharing anything with anyone. Um, and I felt a little bit of relief because now somebody knew and Mm -hmm. somebody was there with me. And then I posted a video on a live video on Facebook one morning on my way to work. I don't know what prompted me. God said, I want you to share about what is going on. And I turned on my phone and I'm driving to work and I am sobbing. Uh I remember that. It was like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why God just put me on this, this, uh, computer on this phone, but this is what we're going through. And, um, and I'm encouraging women on this video. I'm telling them, don't be sad if if it's not your time. And this was my first time really ever sharing anything about going through that. You went all in. I did. I was you went like, all in. <laughs> by the way, we've been trying for a year and a half and you haven't been caught up, but here's what's going on. And I went all in and the response was breathtaking. I mean, the amount of people that were offering up prayers, the amount of people that were saying, we're walking in this with you. The amount of girls that said me too. Mm-hmm. It was mind blowing. And so I felt like no one is sharing about this. Mm -hmm. No one is helping these girls that are walking through this. Um, and they're struggling because they're doing it alone, just like I was. And, um, you know, it just became like, if I don't do this, who will? Yeah. And and at at this point, like I'm such an open book that I'm going to share, I'll share everything. I mean, people have asked me all kinds of crazy (laughs) stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, but like yep. people need that resource that's not Google. Exactly. They need the resource of, okay, like you've chosen transparency. So I feel like I can ask you X, oh, yeah. Y, Z that Google's going to scare the shit out of them. Exactly. So I may as well hear it from somebody that's like walking through it. Yeah. Do you feel like retrospectively that first year that you kept it to you, to yourself, do you feel like it wouldn't have been as hard had you had people in it or you, do you feel like it was the right call? Hmm. I don't know. The first year is such a roller coaster of emotion because you don't know that you're about to embark on this. Like, right. You, you don't like, know that that's going to be your diagnosis. Exactly. Like you're like, okay, after the first month, okay, we didn't get pregnant. After the second month, you're like, what? And then third month, fourth month, why is this not happening? And it was so hard, almost harder than it is now because mm-hmm. now after this long, I sort of expect a negative. Right, every- you're like immune to it almost. Exactly. And the first month you're like, but I, but this was my plan. Like right. I'm supposed to be pregnant right now. What right. is, what is wrong with me? And so maybe yes, having somebody, um, you know, having people alongside me and praying with me in the first year would have made it easier. 
But I was a, such a freaking basket case that first year that mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have even had the strength to share. Well, what was obviously, that? like, that transparency does not have to look like sharing it on social media. You yeah. know, I mean, I think that that's so incredible. And it's been, like I said earlier, so challenging and so amazing watching you do that. But, like, I know people who have walked through infertility and never, like, didn't tell anybody. Until it was to a point where they were having to ask off work because they were having IVF. And everybody was like, what? I don't know how they did that. Right? So I just, I, I, again, I feel, I sometimes feel weird, like, speaking into that, being somebody that hasn't walked through it. But being someone who did walk through anxiety and depression and postpartum in silence the first time, I wish I would have welcomed people into it. And so that's kind of why I was asking if you felt like you wish you would have kind of welcomed people into it yeah. that first year. Well, you know, there have been girls that have stopped me that have thanked me so much for being open. And I've ran into a few friends at the fertility clinic that I had mm. no clue were going through this. Yeah. And I look at them and then it's almost like we look at each other like, you too? Oh my right. God. You oh my need gosh. To? And, yes. And then, and then they message me. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being open. Thank you. You know, you've helped me so much take the next step. And so I'm just super pumped that God is using me. Yes, to help, and he is. And I love us. that. If not me, then who? That's right. kind of my heart with the podcast. If nobody's going to step up and say they're a crappy Christian, then I'm going to do it. If right. nobody's going to step up and say, hey, we have been trying to have a baby for three and a half years and it hasn't worked out. If nobody else is going to do it, then I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, you recently posted a blog, like literally just a couple days ago. We're recording this right before Thanksgiving, uh, about things to not say to someone walking through infertility. Can you share some of those things with the our friends that are listening? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, the <laughs> worst thing, I and it's so funny, the feedback that I've gotten on this blog, because everybody's like, yes, the worst thing that you can tell somebody. And it's the number one thing that people jump to is just relax. <laughs> when, you, when you stop thinking about it, you'll get pregnant. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, is that how this works? Right. If I just stop thinking about it, my endometriosis just goes away. Cool. Exactly. Good to know. And do you possibly think that I can stop thinking about this? Right. No, it doesn't go away. It no. doesn't. I have tried not tracking my cycle on an app. Well, my body knows my cycle to AT. I right. know the days that we have to have sex. And I've tried um, getting drunk and having sex. And maybe I won't think about, you know, the fact that I can't stand up right after and then I have to hang upside down and put my feet up on the wall and like all the things that you think about. Yeah. I thought maybe a couple margaritas would calm. No, you no, still think about it. not how this works. It, you, can, you can, you have the best intentions in telling somebody to relax. And yes, your body does need to be relaxed. You need to not be as stressed out and as busy. But to say, if you relax, it will happen. It doesn't work that like way. It's a and sure it, thing. Nothing is a sure thing. And it just gets <laughs> under our skin so much because we're like, we're trying. You know? I would love that. Can you, okay, so tell me to relax, but now tell me, how do I do that? Like, right. Can you massage me every single day for right. 30 days and I won't have any stress at work? And yeah. I mean, it's just not feasible. No. So um, another thing that people say all the time is um, maybe it's just not God's plan for you to no. be a mother. No, you're lying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I've pulled a bunch of women and asked them the worst things because before I wrote the blog, I didn't want them to just be things that I had heard. I knew people have heard way more 
things to me. And someone did say that someone told her after a miscarriage <gasps> that maybe it was God's plan that she wasn't a mother. Huh. That makes me, first of all, want to vomit. And second of all, makes me, God, Furious. sometimes Christians are the worst. Furious. I mean, <gasps> how? I, I can't even like elaborate on this one without getting so angry. But if you, first, <laughs> <laughs> like it gets me fired up, like, because he put the desire in our hearts and he says in the Bible that he will fulfill it. How do you think telling someone that it's not his plan for you to be a mom is, okay, who are you to tell anyone what God's plan is for them? Right. I'm going to go ahead and like, just really hope that nobody that's listening to this needed to hear that part. Right. I'm just going to really just hope in my heart that my people, that's not even an issue. But just in case the thought pops in your mind, we're going to say no to that one. We're not going to tell people that. No. Mm -mm. People, Um, at the end of the day, you just have to be mindful. Right. You just have to be mindful. Like, again, I would just really hope that none of my people are going to say that to somebody. But I know that I sometimes struggle knowing what to say and what not to say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so, like, it really does come down to, like, those things are, like, really, really, really horrible. And I could see how there could be this, like, twisted good intention Mm -hmm. behind them. But I think you just have to be... And I know I I'm, I keep kind of drawing a comparison back to anxiety because it is kind of one of the only things like this that I've ever walked through. And, and having panic attacks does not equal that desire for a child. And I'm for sure not trying to equate the two. But there are things people, I mean, people say things about my struggle with anxiety that now, years into being vulnerable about it, I am able to be like, they just for sure weren't thinking. No, and they don't know what to say, and they're just trying to say something. Exactly. And the biggest advice that I can give to anybody is just to be there and just to say, it's not fair, and I'm sorry, and I'm praying for you. And that's all we need. Yeah. That's all we need. So that was kind of my next question is what the things that people say or offer up that actually are encouraging in the season. And I'm literally asking for me because sometimes, and I, I feel like when you and I have texted about it, my go-to is often, I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm mad with you, for you, because anger is my default emotion, but I maybe need to expand on that <laughs> a little bit. So are there, are there other things that people say or like offer up that are helpful? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes the anger is what we need because <laughs> I'm like, get mad with me. Right. Like, oh, I'm this... like, like after this last, after the failed IUI and you were so, so incredible. And you, the next day had a live prayer event on your Facebook that I like barely made it through without joining you in the sobbing. And I'm not a huge crier. And <laughs> Literally that morning you had gotten a negative negative pregnancy test. And, but when you texted me, it was just kind of like, nope, like it didn't work. And I, I was like, am I more upset than you are? And I think (laughs) you were like, you, you might be, because I'm a little immune at this point. I I mean, you know, when you get so many negatives, it's like you almost prepare yourself more for a negative than you do for a positive because you just like, you're like, you know, the negative's coming. It's going to be okay. God is still good. And right now I have to suck it up and I have to, I have to 
have unshakable faith Mm -hmm. that he is still good. And that is the only thing that has been getting me through these last couple months of, of doing all this work and taking these pills and giving myself shots and, Mm. you know, God is still good. And I have to remind myself, and that is what is so helpful that people tell you God's plan. And some people don't want to hear it, but I'm Mm -hmm. a, a, sold out for Jesus Christian that mm-hmm. you tell me God's plan is better. And I'm like, yes, you tell me God's timing is better. And I'm like, for sure. Mm-hmm. There are some people that roll their eyes and say, oh, you know, whatever, but mm-hmm. I still want a baby right? for me. And you know, for me, it's, it's so true. It's yeah. so, thank you for reminding me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me that his thoughts are higher than ours. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, and I love the people that get angry with me too. Because, <laughs> okay, good. You, know, you go through every emotion. You're right. you're mad at first. And then your people are like, that's not fair. And then you're sad. And then there's people that pick you up. And then yeah. you need all, you need all the all different of the people. All and the so maybe people. it's kind of like step into how you feel equipped to be there for someone. Exactly. Like I am not great. I'm not, I'm getting better, but I'm not great with sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's just not a strength for me. I want to be better at it because I want it. I think that that is such a quality and a good friend. Um, but I don't know if you've ever watched 30 Rock. There's this scene where Liz Lemon is like patting somebody with a broom from across the <laughs> room. And she's like, don't be cry. Like, that's yeah. how I feel. But I got you in the mad. Like, I right. got you when you're pissed, you know? And yeah. so maybe... Like the message is step into where you feel equipped to step into that with somebody. And if it's consoling and crying with them and digging into that, then do that. Yeah. And if it's, you know, because I feel like there does come a point where like you probably need to, you need somebody to show up at your house and be like, come on, we're getting out of the house. Let's go. Like, I'm good for that. I'm good for, come on, let's go. Let's go get our nails done. Let's go get a coffee. Like, let's go get a drink. You're not pregnant. Like, whatever. I'm that's good for that. And that's he's, my oh my gosh, I could do a whole podcast interview about Joel. Like, <laughs> he's just the best. Because he and Jeremy best. are so much alike. And so, you and I talk so often about God, having a good husband and walking through this crap. Oh, thank God for Jeremy and Joel. Oh, thank God. knew Shout that out. they, yes, like, he And God knew. knew that these strong-headed yes. women were going to need husbands like we got because exactly. they are so good. Mm-hmm. They're so I tell good. him that all the time. I say God knew what he did, what he was doing when he gave you to me because he said, you need to take care of her. <laughs> <laughs> you need to keep her under control yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do kind of want to like at the end, hand you the mic and allow you to speak to women walking through infertility right now. I am going to link back to that Facebook live prayer that you did in your, in your show notes on the website so that anybody that wants to go watch that can. But I just want to kind of give you the space to talk about the things that God has shown you and spoken to you to sustain you through this time that you would want other women to hear. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, I think what I want women to know the most is that um, God hasn't forgotten about you. Mm. It may feel like he has forsaken you. He has just forgotten. He's, he's blessing other people. And it's not true. Mm. And to me, he is using us. Mm-hmm. For for a greater good, he is using us to show his glory all over the world. Because the amount of people that will witness miracles through our stories, oh my gosh! I, can you imagine Mm-mm. God's glory the day that I announced oh that I'm my pregnant? Gosh. Full body chills. Just thinking <laughs> about it, like it's, I mean, 
it's that that's one of the reasons that I share is because I want you to see God. I want your faith to increase because he's going to do a miracle in me. I already mm-hmm. know it. 100%. He's going to do a miracle in all of the girls that are listening, that are walking through infertility and everybody around them in their circle is going to see his glory and see that he still heals to this day. Mm-hmm. And so that is the biggest thing that um, I want girls to know is that he's using you. Maybe it doesn't feel like it and it's okay to get mad. It's okay mm-hmm. to get angry. He can handle it. He's a big God with big shoulders. You can get mad at him. You can tell him, this is awful. Why are you doing this to me? This sucks. But then you need to go over those promises in your head. He, he gives us the desire of our hearts. He will never leave us or forsake us. He is our refuge. He will turn our mourning into gladness. And you just repeat those things over and over again. And you pull yourself up and you say, no, no, that is the enemy. God mm-hmm. is good. God is going to do this. And um, his, his plan is just so much better than what we could ever, ever imagine. And we're going to all look back one day and say, oh, that is exactly mm-hmm. why, that is exactly why I walked through this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the reality yeah. is, is that I, I can't speak into this space and you can, and you are because you have that, if not me, then who mentality. And yeah. that is, it's so necessary and it's so, so dang powerful and it's so hard. I know yeah, that like cho- you and I have had multiple conversations about choosing vulnerability in your life, especially like on a social media platform. It's it's not yeah, I was easy. I was scared to death. I'm like, Blake, I'm about to turn my Instagram into public. And I was like legit having heart palpitations. Yeah. Like, do I want to share this with the world and not just my circle? Right. And it was like from you, a full blown. Yes, let's do this. Do it. And let's do it. You've been and so I mean, supportive. Well, I mean, and that's kind of, that's why I started a podcast is to give other people a chance. I mean, just like the little snippet you just shared. I'm like, uh, I need a pen and paper. Like that was so good. And that applies to my life and I'm done having kids. You know what I mean? So I just, I think that my hope and heart for this, for the show is to push people towards vulnerability. And, and my hope is that it doesn't come across as that you need to choose vulnerability in the form of a blog or in the form of an Instagram story. But if more of us were choosing vulnerability in our day-to-day lives with our people, with the people around us, with the, the circle that God has given us, how much different the world would look like. It wouldn't be possible to feel alone. If we were all sharing our crap and not posting highlight reels. Yes. Oh my gosh, how much could we impact the world. And like you just said, and make girls feel like they're not alone and feel content in their own lives. And our lives aren't perfect. And neither of us try to portray that we have perfect lives. We know to just today, I let the world in my closet. <laughs> I loved it so much though. It was so good. <laughs> you just did like the most gigantic purge. I'm not gonna lie. I was like a little bit anxious watching it, <laughs> but also like, it's such a great feeling. Yes. Come yeah, look at my closet. It's closet. a disaster. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and that is like a stepping stone into just just cracking your highlight reel a little bit, exactly. letting some cracks show that. And I know that that's not easy. And I think I've talked maybe on the podcast before about every single time that I choose vulnerability on Instagram, 
I am behind the screen going. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> like, and I've had people send me messages and be like, you know, again, like the same thing you're saying. Thank you so much for your vulnerability. It just seems like it comes so easily to you. And I'm like, Mm-mm. I can't I can't tell you how not easy it comes to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets easier. It was ha- way harder in the beginning, but still a year into like full blown, I'm going all in, I'm jumping into this like vulnerability game. I still get real stressy when I post about anxiety or depression or body image or whatever. Yeah. And so it's not easy, but God asks us to do hard things and equips us to do hard things. And your hard thing may not be sharing your story or sharing your struggle on a blog or on social media, but it may be coming up along someone, alongside someone who is struggling and and being able to speak in like a me too sense. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was in my like full-blown struggle of perfectionism, somebody else would be struggling with anxiety and I would like let them struggle in silence rather than step into it with them because I was so afraid of them knowing that I struggled with it too. Yes, absolutely. So that's, I mean, that is the, I think that's where vulnerability starts in these little tiny interactions where you just choose to not show the highlight reel, even in your day-to-day life. Because I think yep. that the sad thing is, is that, yes, we're seeing a highlight reel on Instagram, but I think we're, we're trying to show a highlight reel in our lives in yes. the people that we're actually interacting with. Yep. So... We've come to the end of the show where we do our really fun rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, so what is your Enneagram number? <laughs> oh, my sweet friend. I have not taken. Okay. I have taken. You have the taken test. it. Because I know. did you take it? What did oh, you get? I can't remember. <laughs> well, I don't believe it because it says I was a one and that was like a perfectionist. And I am like, you saw my closet today. Am I a perfectionist? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, so, but, so like the other side take. of that is is that the perfectionist is sometimes titled the reformer, mm-hmm. where they care a lot about and and if you dig more into a one outside of like I think that perfectionist title I don't love that mm-hmm. because I think that the reformer is a lot more accurate because they care about justice and they care about equality and they care about like the underdog and I see those things in Mm, you that could totally be me you know and I think you know some some people have a really strong wing and I could see you having a really strong two wing of Mm -hmm. like the helper because I mean you just have like the most incredible servant heart and you're a kindergarten teacher so I don't think that it's completely off base that you would be a one Okay. We're gonna have to talk about this further. I'm not saying a hundred percent because I am not like some like professional, but it wouldn't I I again, like I said, I don't love that there are some ones my Jeremy is a one and he is a full blown perfectionist. But that's just not always the like crux of it, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Oh my gosh, hands down, the Friends TV show. Yes. Every time I just told Joel, Friends is my security blanket. <laughs> they got and it on Netflix, man. That's a, he goes. Well, and I said, if they ever take it off Netflix, he goes, it's okay because I bought you every season on DVD. Sweet boo! Oh yes. my gosh, you have always loved Friends. Always, always, always. always. I watched it 
in high school come on once a week. And I am just every single day, every single night before I go to bed, it is my security blanket because it's so predictable. Mm -hmm. I don't have to stress about Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. I know every line. I still laugh. Seinfeld is kind of the same way for me. That's that's my dad. My dad can watch episodes of Seinfeld. He's seen every episode. He can quote all the episodes. I've seen them each a thousand times, and I could. I, I think we do watch it every night. Isn't it so soothing to just have that on? Do you watch the Thanksgiving episodes like right before Thanksgiving? Every time, and I we put on it. the Christmas episodes during Christmas. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, okay, <laughs> so wait, what's the last thing you watched on TV? What do you think? Is it's it really right friends? now? It's Stop. on and on. Yes. <laughs> you did just post an Instagram story that you were watching Jeopardy. To be fair, I was I was watching Jeopardy, but then right after Friends came on, and bonus, while Friends is playing on the TV, I was on my phone watching an um a Friends reunion special that they Stop did. Stop it! And so Joel's like, "Are you watching Friends on your phone and on the TV?" I'm like, "Yes." It calms me. I don't okay. know why. I just... I'm about to do a podcast interview. It's fine. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. I need to <laughs> calm down and I need to be with my friends right now. <laughs> I am a like closet Jeopardy nerd. Oh, I, oh my God. I, I love, love it. Like Jeopardy. Like, I don't wait, Jeopardy have any of the on Hulu now. And Jeremy's uh-uh. like, oh, here we go. Now you're going to make me watch Jeopardy while we're in bed at 730. Like we're legit 80 years old. Yes, I'm me like, too. Yes, 100%. And I. And it's so funny because I know none of the answers, but I no. scream out random things right. every oh, time. for sure. Oh, 100%. <laughs> the ones that I do know I get real hype about. Oh, my but... God. I got one right today, and I was freaking out, and it was Kids Jeopardy. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So well, thank you so much for cutting time out of your evening to jump on here and share, I mean, so much wisdom. And I know that this is going to – It's go- I think it's going to help – women walking through infertility and people like women walking with women through infertility. I feel better equipped to walk with people through it now and even to walk like with you through it now. So can you tell everybody where to find you and follow you so that they can kind of keep up with your, with your story and your journey? Yeah, absolutely. My um, Instagram is pearls and grace blog and my blog is pearlsandgrace.org. And that's where I share, I mean, my heart behind everything. I have posts about, it's it's all personal blogs, but I have posts about anxiety and I have mm-hmm. posts about boundaries and it's not just fertility. Yeah. So. It's um, so good. Yeah. Open book right here. Yes. And I love it. Uh, and that'll all be in the show notes if you want to follow along with Danielle and her journey. And the show notes are at confessionsofachristian.com. Danielle, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week.
start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.